there, and welcome. We're glad you joined us today. We've got a special message being brought to us by Brother Jerry Willoughby. He teaches on prayer and the importance of it. You know, prayer is one of the fundamental things in our relationship with God. It's how we communicate both to Him, and then, you know, the Lord could talk back to us at the same time. Brother Jerry shares with us exactly how prayer can open up things in your life that you just couldn't even imagine possible. So sit back, listen to the message being brought to you. I know it's going to bless you. Have a great and wonderful day. Remember, Jesus is Lord. God loves you. And come and join us and visit at the River of Portland. You know, Jesus didn't need a microphone. Amen. He just preached to the multitude. So I'm going to act like I'm Jesus today, and I'm going to preach to the multitude. You know what, church? Me and the wife was talking on the way here, and uh, I said, you know, I'm not the fireball that pastor is. She said, you used to be. <laughs> I said, well, you know, God changes us as we get a little older. They're not saying he changed you, but he did me. And you know what? I want to slow it down a notch today. Because one thing I've observed in my time of ministry, and not per se here at the river, but maybe it's one or two of us that can fit into this category. Come, what would you say, Brother Mike, Thursday the 10th? The church is going to be opened. And I want to talk, and I see now why the Lord gave me a message on prayer. You know what, church? So many of us is falling short. Because we do not pray. And so many of us is falling short even when we do pray. So I want to use this morning. Is it up there yet? The sister asked me and I said, I'm not used to all this modernization. Them putting it on. As you can tell, I'm a little nervous. It's been several years since I've been before this many people. So please don't throw anything at me because I'm moving mighty slow. But let's pray, you know. Our precious Heavenly Father, You are the one true God manifested in God the Father, God the Son, and God the sweet Holy Spirit. Father God, I ask You today to hide me behind the cross. Don't, don't let Jerry be seen. Don't let Jerry be heard. But God, take these vocal cords, take this mindset, and let the sweet Holy Spirit take charge of me today, God. Father, I'm not here to be seen. I'm not here to be anything except a vessel to present your word, to encourage someone, to challenge someone, to take this word, God, and let it fall on good ground. Let it be bread for those that are hungry today. Let it be knowledge for those that don't know. Let it be wisdom. And teach us how to apply it to our everyday life. Bless this service, God, if it's the one here that doesn't know you. For the free pardon of their sins. If their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, God, you can take this word, even though it's on prayer, and convict them and bring them home, God. If it's the one that is straight, God, you can steer them in the right direction. If it's the one sick and discouraged, God, take this word and let it be an encourager to them. And the church said... If you would like to follow me, I'd like to start in the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Paul writing to the church at Philippi. And I want to pick up at the fourth verse. Now, how many knows the Word of God is prophetic? The Word of God is prophetic. 
And what God tells us to do today may not manifest until tomorrow or on down the road. But rest assured, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he would ever need to repent. Remember, too, as we've been talking in Sunday school, the ones that's been coming to Sunday school, you're going to say, well, he's repeating himself. It stands to be repeated. It stands to be repeated. God's ways are not my ways, nor His thoughts are thoughts. His ways are so much higher than yours and mine. The earth in every circumstance on this earth is under God's feet. Can you say amen? You ain't got no problem. All you need is faith in God. So let's pick up at the fourth verse. Now, I want you to know this word that I'm fixing to say is instructional. It's not conditional. It's instructional. It says, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. Wait a minute. Always. Well, Brother Willoughby, you don't understand what I'm going through. I don't need to understand. God said, rejoice in the Lord always. All the time rejoice in the Lord. You say, but I don't have nothing to rejoice about. Who's speaking to you today? You've got every reason to rejoice. Your name's in the Lamb's book of life. You know the healer. You know the deliverer. You know of no weapon formed against you, Isaiah said, will prosper. You know that all things are going to work for the good to those who are called according to the Word of God. You know if God be for us, then who can be against us? Listen, you ain't got no problem. All you need is faith in God. So we need to rejoice. Listen to me. Rejoice will set you free. Rejoice in what? The Lord. Who is the Lord? The Almighty, the majesty that we sing about. The Lord that Brother Mike taught us about. Those are going to say, Lord, Lord, are going to follow His ways. Amen. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he goes on with that little word, and, which is a conjunction in the English language which ties the former with the latter. And, again, so you say, well, Brother Willoughby, I've heard that message before. I've heard that many, many times. And so did the writer of the word see that we all need to hear it again. He said, and again, I say rejoice. Sometimes some of us, now the Lord ain't going to hear this. Turn your ears, Father. But sometimes some of us are so stubborn we don't get it the first time. We need it the second time. Amen? So that's why the Word of God says, again, I say rejoice in the Lord. He says, let. What does the Word let? You need to allow it. Well, God won't let. Yes, yes, God will. You can go on your job tomorrow and become a witness like never before. Look, I work in a school system where Jesus, you have to whisper it. But ain't it just like God that he would open a door that me and the principal goes in her office and joins hands and prays the prayer of faith over the school? Only God can do that when the federal law says it's not prohibited or allowed. The other day, the principal texted me, and I was sharing with the Dolores how good it was. Texted me and checked on me. Said, "Are you okay?" I sent a message back. I said, "Everything's good." And 
she sent a message back and said, I really like the way you answered that. See, it's according to the way we perceive things. It's according to how we look at things in our life. He says, let your moderation be known unto even the trailer parks. God forbid that a man would go into a trailer park knowing not who he's going to confront. But it says, let your moderation be known unto all men, even those that you don't think deserves mercy. So these are instructions, church. After today, can I say it, Pastor? After, he's saying, I don't know what you're going to say. I ain't going to answer. After today, you ain't going to be able to have an excuse. Wow. Did he say that? Oh, yes. I live in Springfield. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. Let them know. Let them know. Let them know what? That the Lord is at hand. I was talking to a person the other day at school, and the person said, You know what? I've been hearing what you're preaching and telling me all my life. And I said, And you know what? It's still as true today as it was when I was a little bitty boy. My pastor used to preach it. The Lord is at hand. The only difference is it's a greater fulfillment of today than it was back when I was little. Get in the Word. It's happening. And nothing else needs to take place except Jesus step out and says, Come home. He says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Don't be anxious for anything. Now listen to this. But in some things, boy, y'all are good students of the Word. But in everything by prayer. Have you ever noticed that maybe the reason some of us are going through it, and I'm not picking on anybody, but I'm going to be te- uh, preaching to everybody. Did you know prayer will change things in your home? Did you know prayers will call wa- cause walls to come down? Did you know prayer will uplift you to where you may be so burdened down and so confused that just going to the throne room of grace that you might obtain mercy in the time of need can lift you up? Do you know when you come in here thirsty, you don't come in here just to be seen or come in here to fellowship, but this prayer day has been called and ordained of God and you should walk in here under the anointing of God in the presence of God in the Spirit of God and walk in here and say every stronghold is going to bow at the name of Jesus. You see, prayer is something we inherited. Prayer is something that God is allowing me to stand in the gap for my lost loved ones. Prayer is something I can come to God in agreement. Me and my wife in agree that our backslidden children are coming back to the throne room of grace one day. Prayer, we can get in agreement where to agree is touching any one thing. He didn't say it might be done. He said it will be done. But brother, me and my wife agreed. Somebody, can I say it, Pastor? Somebody come out of agreement or Jesus is a liar. Look as we shared in Sunday school, Pastor Mike. 
when Dolores and I go into an agreement, the Bible, we've got to do it His way. He says, we're two agree. Why two? Because when we agree on one thing, we become one in Christ. We take on the mind of Christ. We take on the thoughts of Christ. We take on the manifestation of the blessings of Christ when we get in agreement. And if for whatever reason someday she gets discouraged, I can uplift her because we're in agreement. And the next day or week that I get discouraged, she comes and she encourages me. And we're standing on the infallible Word of God that says, where two agree is touching any one thing, it shall. The word shall means it will be done. Thank you, Lord. But in everything, what do you mean everything? Everything means complete. We don't need to be so so choosy on what we pray for. Prayer is not only a privilege and a blessing, but prayer strengthens and encourages our spirit, our heart. Can I be straightforward? I mean, if y'all run me off, I don't know where else to go because I done tried every church from Springfield to White House. Now I'm moving up to Portland. <laughs> But let me tell you, we've got, when we get burdened down, instead of throwing tomatoes at me, receive this. Instead of getting on the phone, calling Mr. Misery and Sister Misery, because misery loves company. And when I'm miserable, I'm looking for somebody that's going to agree with me. Oh, did you hear how they done me? Listen to me. They might have done you wrong, honey, but get on your knees and get encouraged. David said, I had to encourage myself. Everybody I thought was with me, you ever had to do that? Many a times we have to do it. David said, I had to encourage myself. Everything that I had was taken away from me. My closest ones wouldn't even encourage me. So I went off into a place alone, desolated by everything, and I let God encourage me. I went to prayer. Go, let God encourage you. Get in your prayer closet. Prayer. When you come here thirsty, don't come in here just to fellowship. Come up here and know why you're going to take communion. It's real. It's not a ceremonial thing. It's real. It's, it's, it's participating in the covenant blood of Jesus. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. There's a spiritual manifestation through that. You see, through prayer, God brings our hearts into alignment with His heart. Now, how many really wants the heart of God? How many really wants the heart of God? Start praying. And God will transform you into the image of Christ through the Holy Spirit. You see... And through prayer, God works in surprising and awesome ways. How can you say that, brother? Because he said, my ways are not his ways. Things, I'm telling you, there's been times in my life that I've 
I've just about told God how it's going to work out. And you haven't. What is that word you use? It starts with a L. I'm not the pastor, so I better not say it. You have it? Yes, you have. How do you know? You don't know me. I don't. I don't even know hardly anybody's name, but I know the nature of the flesh. We tell God how it's going to work out, but when we get in prayer, and as Brother Mike, again, Pastor Mike taught us in Sunday school this morning, when we get in prayer and we stay there in communion with Christ, guess what? It's not long until we start conforming to the will of God the Father. And how many times have I heard Psalms 37? God will give you your heart's desire and people will come up and want their heart's desire to be of the flesh rather than the spiritual things. See, God promises to answer our prayers. 1 John 5 and 14 says this. Now, this is the confidence. What do you mean confidence? Firm trust, the state of feeling certain about. Now, this is the confidence, and this is what I tell people. I tell the principal at school. She'll say, Mr. Jerry, I got faith in you that you're going to do that. I said, ma'am, don't you have faith in me? You have faith in God, but have confidence in me. Don't you ever have faith because I'm going to fail you. I'm going to, look, like the pastor and I was talking a couple of weeks ago about my favorite. How many knows we've got a football team up in East Tennessee? They just haven't learned how to play yet. So patience is a virtue. But we come to a point that, that... when we have confidence, it says, now this is the confidence, the firm trust, the state of feeling certain about something that we have in Him. We should have it in God. Even when you come to pray, even how many times has a pastor told us, when you come up here, let me go a step farther. I've heard a lot of us talk about Brother Hagin. One thing Brother Hagin would say, and I've never heard Pastor quote this, but I've seen Brother Hagin say it and read it many, many a times. If he has a prayer line and you come up for prayer and you're living in, if you're already coming up for prayer and not believing, he's going to tell you it's not going to work. Now, have you ever heard him quote that? Right. I remember he was giving a testimony how a person come up and he, the Lord told him, said, now you ask them, are they going to be healed? And Brother Hagin said, are you going to be healed? And they said, I don't know. He said, you're not. You need to come back until your faith level is ready to receive. If we, if we know, if we had that confidence in Him that if we ask something, Wow, you got a bunch of Bible scholars in here. Who just said anything? Anything. Now, come on, there's no ceiling on it. There's no price on it. It's an open heaven. And guess who it belongs to? You. Don't blame somebody else. Blame yourself. I'm not the one praying. I'm not the one believing. I'm not the one receiving. Who you gonna blame it on? Well, bless God, the devil, he's the no. 
Listen to me. Start getting confidence, faith in Christ. And you can ask anything. God, there's thousands out here hungry. We can feed them. Can I go a step farther? Pastor Gunn say, well, shut up, boy. We need a paid parking lot. Do you know how hard it is for me and Shane to have to walk from the other end of that parking lot? Shane parks up front. Just getting a smile to his face. Do you know how hard it is for me and Dolores to walk from that parking lot? And you say, well, there's parking spots up. No, we need a paid parking lot. Can we not believe God for that? I mean, after all, we've seen Him heal a sister of cancer. Where modern medicine said there's no cure for it. My mom was a cancer survivor too. Modern medicine said there's no way she's going to die. Told the family, get ready to bury her. We were at the hospital where my wife was working, and I went to McMimble that night to get her, me and my dad, to get her at McMimble Hospital. She was down there with my grandmother. We brought her to Vanderbilt. We took her to General Hospital, and they met with the family, said, we're going to do surgery, but 85% of her cancer is gone. She's going to die. What he didn't know, there was a group of people that didn't have the modern education that he had, but we had the simplicity of the gospel. And she lived years and years and years and years and a few more years. So we need our prayer. When we pray, what do we need? We need to trust in God. Listen, these words is spirit and life in Christ. Jeremiah 1 verse 12 says, I will hasten. What does it mean, hasten? Be quick to perform my word. You say, what are you talking about? I prayed for years and years and years. Little lady would issue of blood. How long was it? 18 years? And God healed her. It could have been 58 years. But God healed her 18 years. Okay, he promises us. Jeremiah 29 and 12. I love this one. You, it says ye, but I'm saying you, shall call upon me, God speaking. He's saying that this is the road map. You want to know how to get your prayers answered? This is me speaking to you. He said, ye shall call upon me and ye shall go and say unto me, pray unto me. And when you pray, you say the word of God. You quote, what, what is spirit in life? The Word of God. What comes to fruition? The Word of God. And he says, and I will hearken unto you. He said, I will listen unto you. Jeremiah twenty nine fourteen. and I will be found of you. Listen, when you go to call upon God and you pray to God, he says, I'll be found of you. Ain't that a beautiful thing if everybody in here walked out right now? And one person said, you know what? I'm going to stay in here. God's presence will hear your prayer and hearken unto your voice and hasten unto your prayer request. Jeremiah 33 and 3, we all know it. He says, call unto me, God speaking again. And what will you do, God? What will you do, God, if I call unto you? 
and I will answer thee. Do you understand that's a promise from Almighty God? That didn't come from Pastor Herb or Brother Jerry or Pastor Mike or even Sister Dolores or anybody else. As much as it comes straight from the throne room of grace that seen you were in dire need and he's here to meet your every need. You ain't got no problem. All you need is in God. He said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how God works. The second church we pastored, we were at Millersville Assembly of God, and everybody knows the history there. It, it, it was a church. It was on fire for God. Souls getting saved, people getting healed, church growing. I mean, it was just awesome. It really was. And... uh I got a call one morning, and a lady said, Is this Brother Jerry Willoughby? I said, Yes, it is. She said, Well, I listened to you preach a tent revival in West Nashville years ago. And she said, We've got a church, and we'd like for you to come and speak for us. And she said, Are you available? I said, Yes, ma'am, I am. And we set up a date, and I started checking on the church before I went up there. And I knew very little history of the church, but I didn't know this. It run around 40 to 50 people. So we get up, and we drive up to the church, and we go up there. And wow, it looked like a bomb had hit it. It was terrible outside. We went in there, and we waited. It was me, my wife, my youngest boy, and Brother Johnny Reigns, the little cripple fellow that went to Millersville, and he lived in our area, so we would pick him up, take him to Millersville, and since we wasn't going to Millersville that day, obviously we picked Johnny up. So we went into church and went in a chapel, and I seen the curtains blowing. I thought, wow, is that the Holy Spirit or what? It was the window broke out. And it was so, it was popsicle cold. It was freezing, was it not? And I stood there and I waited for people to come in and waited and two little ladies, elder ladies come in. And I thought, wonder where everybody else is. Maybe they heard I was preaching and decided to take them a day off. That happens. I'm not saying it's right, but that happens. Shame, shame, shame. Oh, I know I'm not the pastor. I better back out of that conversation. Meddling now. But we went on and preached, and then it was six of us there. The window, I mean, I was on the platform. The wind was blowing, the curtains, and and I could see Dolores and my youngest son and Johnny on the front pew just shivering. And I thought, my God, if I get out of here, I'll never come back again. I got through, oh, yeah. You you read my mail, didn't you? See, that's the way people are that's in tune with God. They can understand it. <laughs> so we got through, and a little lady come up. She said, Brother Jerry, are you pastoring? I said, no, ma'am. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm sitting in a pew, resting up from pastoring. And uh, she said, would you like to come back and preach for us tonight? I said, no, ma'am. I, I've already, you know, made other plans. And I had. I was going to church at Millersville. That was my plans. So we get in the car, and you know how sometimes these women think they hear from God. And Dolores looked at me and said, you know what, Jerry, I like that little church. I said, Dolores, 
There's nothing there to like. Nothing. No programs, no people, no money, nothing. So I started praying during the week. I said, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. The Lord started praying. I called my pastor and talked to him, and he said, don't do it. I said, thank you, pastor. But the Lord started speaking, and I'm still on the message. God will show you things that you never even imagined when you start praying. Within a couple of weeks, I called her. I said, you know what? I'm going to come and take it for six months, but I'm going to continue working my job. And after six months, we're going to see what happens. After six months, I was full-time ministry, drawing a check there. We'd gotten up to 40-something people, had people saved, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, people slain in the Spirit. But based upon me at the beginning, until I started praying and let God show me things that I would never even imagined. Did you ever imagine this? I mean, you probably had a vision of what God was going to do for you in the ministry, but God's Word said, I'll show you great and mighty things. We stayed there seven years, and guess what? Brother George McGregor ended up with a building. That's the building we started out. You know where I'm talking about. Your brothers used to come and hold us revivals and minister there in West Nashville. Well, we were faithful to the little things, and God made us rulers over many we went to a minister's retreat in Gatlinburg, and a pastor come up and said, Your church is open. I said, What do you mean my church is open? I was still pastoring the church in West Nashville. I said, Are they fixing to run me off or stone me or something? He said, I'm talking about a church in West Tennessee. I said, Sir, I have no desire to leave. My wife has got a good job right there. She likes Baptist Hospital in Nashville. My kids and grandchildren live two or three doors down from us. We're buying our house. Everything's good. I'm working plus drawing a small little check from the church at the time. Before I went full time in the church, I said, everything is good. He said, I got a feeling you're going to take his church. That was in November. In March of the next year, we were sitting in West Tennessee pastoring a church. We started out with six in West Nashville. After being faithful to the little things, God opened the door for us with 125 people to pastor. I used to look out the window in the parsonage, and I think, God, how is it possible? But with God, all things are possible. And when we call upon the little things, He'll show us great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And you know why I believe that is? And this is my belief. You can believe whatever you want. You know why I believe God doesn't show us every minute detail of these blessings? It's because we will mess it up. Now let me tell you, my wife, she is a spotless cleaner. I'm serious. People come in the house or they'll call and say, what are y'all doing? I'll say, I'm sitting here watching Tennessee football. (laughs) And uh, that's a little inside joke between me and the pastor. I think it's a joke. He doesn't. He's got confidence to believe we're going to win five games this year. But I'll say, Dolores is cleaning. And they'll say, the house is not even nasty. It's only you and Dolores in there, or mom and dad in there. And what are you saying? I'm saying, you know what? 
when we get to heaven, you women ain't going to be able to interrupt it because Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You see, we can call upon the Lord. He'll show us great and mighty things that we know not when we pray. Verse 14 and 14, if ye shall ask anything in my name, he said, I will do it. Now, is he a liar? Well, how come we're not praying? How come we're not believing? How come we're not going up saying, you know what? You can say right now what you want, but I'm believing God for a miracle for restoration in your life. I'm telling you, prayer will cause walls to crumble. Prayer will cause red seas to open up. Prayer, wonder what Daniel did in the lion's den. Probably I would say some of us would think he sat down and he played solitary. You know what he was doing? He was praying. And he had a belief. He was in dire need of a miracle. And guess what God gave him? Nothing short of a miracle. Now let me close with this verse. Psalms 91 and 15. If you read the 91st Psalm that starts out, the psalmist talking to God. And then in the middle of it, close to it, it goes into God talking to the psalmist. He shall call upon me, God speaking, and I will answer him. Let me ask you something. Have you ever, I don't know if this is going to be a fair statement or a fair question. Have you ever called upon somebody and you know they could help you meet that need and they wouldn't answer you? God's not that way. He is not. The devil's a liar. He's the author of lies. He's confusion. He says this, Call upon me and I will answer him. Answer who? Oh, my name's in the Lamb's book of life. I'm a Christian, but I never pray. And you never get your prayers answered because you lack calling upon God. How many of us elders remember when our moms, I remember when I was young in the community and we'd go right across the street to the park. And many times I'd get my friends and we'd come to my house and get a drink of Kool-Aid or whatever water. We didn't have Diet Pepsis like it is now. And we'd go to the door and before we would even get in the old screen door, my friends would say, what is that noise going on in there? And Mama Willoughby, Mama Moore, Sister Moore, Sister Sullivan, Sister Ham, some of the ladies in the neighborhood wasn't doing anything but on their knees crying out to God for miracles. Where have we left it? Or have we ever had it? Or have we ever had it? Do you remember, Brother Herb? I don't know if you remember this or not, but I'm going back to Millersville, and we also done it at Poplar Grove where I pastored the last church. But I seen more of a manifestation at Millersville 
pastor said he'd got a vision, and he said, I'm going to start calling for 25 people to come to church on Sunday night at 5 o'clock. He said, we're going to meet over in a small building, sister. You remember it? And he said, look, if you don't want to pray, don't come. We don't want any hindrances. He said, you come in there and find you a place to pray. And when you get through praying, this is strong. He said, when you get through praying, get up and leave. Don't hinder anybody. Because the anointing of God is going to be there. And we don't want to interfere with anybody else's prayer. And he said, I'm going to call for 25 people. And we started out with 20-something people. And within no time, we were running up in the hundreds. Is that the truth, sister? You remember that? And you know what? You could pull in and walk to that back door to walk in that little church. And the presence of God was so strong, you didn't want to do anything but pray. Prayer is the sword of the Spirit that you and I have. Prayer is a blessing. Prayer is an agreement. You inherited it. And one day, one day you're going to stand before God and give an account for every word and deed that we said and didn't say. If your children or your home depended upon being blessed or your circumstances on your job depended upon being blessed because of your prayers, are they ever going to be changed? Wow. Pray like never before, for the Lord is at hand.